This is episode 21 with Blogging and Loving Manila with Vince Golanco, part 1. Mabuhay and welcome to the Best of You podcast. This is Jesse, and you're listening to the home of inspiration of Filipinos around the world. And this is another exciting day to inspire Filipinos with our featured guest. The greater danger for most of us lies not in setting our aim too high and falling short, but setting our aim too low and achieving our mark. This is one of the inspirational messages which keeps our today's guest going. He loves travel and this passion has turned into a blog with millions of hits. If you are a follower of When in Manila, you definitely know its founder, Vince Galanco. Let's listen and be inspired with Vince's story on this interview with Mike. Vince. Yes. Thank you so much for allowing me into your beautiful home. Thank you. Thank you for coming. But let me start with the, the question, well, the opening questions that I ask all the guests. Sure. So if you look back the last 24 hours, mm-hmm. what has given you joy? Okay. Well, maybe I should have prepared for your question. <laughs> what has given you joy the past 24 hours? Uh, uh, I don't want to sound cheesy. Um, I'm actually, honestly, my everything I do right now, it makes me happy. Uh, so honestly... Honestly, now it's more just finding free. Well, it's not. I enjoy what I do for work so much. I enjoy everything really right now. So I guess it's just appreciate trying to appreciate it more. But uh, I, I I have a girlfriend right now, so I, not to sound cheesy, but I do enjoy every time, every moment I'm with her. But other than that, it's the work I get to do. Just. It's fun because I just get invited to all these different places, events, things, uh, cool things to do, to cool adventures, to discover new things, just to write about it. And I get to experience all that pretty much for free. And all I have to do is write about it or take a photo, post it on Instagram, something like that. And I get this like priceless adventure. So it's I I really I really just have to keep grounded, really, because everything I do, I have so much fun with. Yeah, I love that. I I know it was obviously with Winnie Manila and... You've got a lot of focus on you in, in recent years, and I'm sure you've got a lot of compliments, both from very public figures in the media, etc. But for you personally, which compliments, and it could be a recent compliment that has meant the most to you, and you can answer this from a, a professional perspective or a personal. You you choose. I guess for me, it means a lot when you when you're looked up to. So when someone says, I look up to you, I, I like what you do, I hope to do what you do, something like that. Because I remember when I was young too, and I, I had mentors or either mentors who I met or mentors who I've read about on in books or in or saw on TV. You know, you read uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, so you're like, oh, Kiyosaki, or, or you read uh, you read certain books and whatnot, or you see people on TV. So it, it, it I feel very flattered and humbled when someone says, oh, yeah, I look up to you. I, I, I see what you did, and I want to try to do what you do. So I'm an aspiring blogger. So can you give me tips? Can you give me advice? So yeah. I think that's it's one of the best compliments that uh, I really appreciate. Yeah. No, I pre- and and that, one of the purposes of this show is to almost, I guess what Tim, I saw both of us have a passion. Well, respect Tim Ferriss. Yes, I, yes. I, I follow for his podcast. Yeah. I love the way he says to deconstruct mm-hmm. um, what successful people do, whether it be athletes, bloggers, businesses, businessmen, <clears throat> businesswomen, entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So can you, will you give me permission to start the deconstruction? Yeah, yeah. 
So in terms, I know this is a difficult question, especially mm -hmm. a man who has immersed himself in such uh, inspirational material and mm -hmm. mentors. But is there a quotation that particularly inspires you? I have a couple. Uh, one is the one on my email, which is from uh, Michelangelo. It's the uh, the greatest. Uh, sometimes the greater mistake for some of us is not that our aim is too high and we miss it, but that it's too low and we reach it. So he's saying it's worse that you aim low and then you reach it. And then the problem is when you reach your go your big goal that was, wasn't set very high is that you settle. You're like, oh, great. I reached my goal of, you know, being a mid-level whatever it is. Yeah. So um, not to say that where that place is wrong or that uh, people shouldn't strive for that. It's more on don't it's more on saying don't settle. Yeah. When you reach that because that may be a giant goal for someone like, hey, I want to make this promotion and I will be a manager. It might be the biggest thing for them. It might be very difficult. You might not, especially from where they came from, they could have came from absolutely nowhere. Yeah. So, and that could have been the highest position ever or even just graduating like fifth grade might be the highest that their family, anyone ever finished, you know, fifth grade. So, but the thing is, what he's saying is once you reach that, don't settle, don't be happy. Keep, keep striving for more. Mm. Uh, that's one. And the other one that I firmly believe is, it's a saying, uh, it's been attributed to different people, so I don't really know who it is, but uh, the man that says he can and the man that says he can't, they're both right. Which one are you? It's just saying that, you know, you can be almost anything in the world that's feasible. You can say you can do that or you can't do that. Like if someone tells you, hey, uh, you know, why, why don't you be president one day of the Philippines or wherever? It's not one person will say, I can't do that. The other person will say, I can, and they'll find a way to do it. And, you know, it, so it's more of a, it's more of an attitude. Yes. If you say you can, you'll find ways to do it and you'll slowly get there. Mm. But the second you say you can't, from that attitude alone, you already won't. Yeah. Because you already, cho in a way, chose not to. Yeah. So I think those two things have always stuck with me. Yeah. Uh, amongst others but I, I love quotes especially when I was in college I had a, a board of quotes yeah. so it was pretty much just a pin a pin board and every time I hear a new good quote or every time I read a good quote I'd copy it and and mm -hmm. pin it to the board uh, I, one of the first books I ever read was uh, Who Moved My Cheese so and it, it would have yeah 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 it would have those pages where it's just one quote something really like thought-provoking quote I used to uh, I would copy that page i would xerox that page copy it and uh pin it to the board so i i'm a, i love quotes i don't know it's a bit geeky or what but yeah <laughs> You're, i'm in the same boat as you man yeah <laughs> so this is a, another tough question and you can answer my question my standard question is the one book that's transformed your thinking but i know that's unfair for a man uh, with such yeah there's too many books uh but if, if i were to restrict you to three uh three um you would gift to others uh, it's, it's even threes hard, um, but an easy book, especially for people who don't read because it was one of my first books too. Like I said, was a uh, humu my cheese. I feel like that book really teaches people how to adapt the change because, uh, there's a saying the one constant thing in this world is change. Yeah. So change always happens whether you want it or not. So now there's the people who know how to adapt to change, uh, and they do much better than those that don't. Those that don't, they'll either be in, when things change, they'll be in denial or they'll get angry. They'll blame the world. They'll blame someone else. They won't know what to do. Whereas compared to those people who are used to change, they just move on, which is what we should do. Yeah. I just keep moving forward to quote that Disney movie, uh, The Robinsons or Walt Disney. But, uh, but yeah, um, so who moved my cheese? I think it's very important because everyone experiences change. I feel like a book that changes your mindset is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's a, I think these are very basic books that everyone should read. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It, uh, gives you sort of the difference between being rich and being wealthy uh yeah. sort of uh 
and sort of teaches you, just changes your mindset about the rat race. Rat race meaning the that endless day job that keeps going, that they pay you enough for you to keep working and you stay there because they pay you enough, but you're not that happy. It doesn't really, it's not really something you can build into a future. So it really changes your mindset. One, another book, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Uh, I think that's something that everyone should read as well. Just teaches you almost, it's hard to call it the basics, but in a way, the basics of interaction in a way. (laughs) I feel like uh, some people don't, especially, I feel like they don't teach that in school, how to be around people, how to influence people, how Mm -hmm. to, pretty much as the title says, how to win friends and influence people, how important communication is. So that's one book I strongly recommend to people as well. But I have so many more books. Um, Four-Hour Work Week, if you want to go advanced in really changing your mindset about work and entrepreneurship. Um, I have a, a favorite, How to Talk to Anyone, 92 Little Tricks for Big Success in Relationships. It's a long title. I had to look at it. But that book I, I showed, I feel like building relationships has been so important. If people like you, they will help you if they don't they won't so i feel like that's one thing they don't teach in school that's underestimated not to be all i guess i don't know if it's the local word or what but to uh, to be plastic not to be plastic not to be fake around people but just really sometimes you really like someone genuinely and you want to be nice to them but you don't portray it in the right way so then they think you're snobbish or they think you're not nice or something like that so i think being able to portray yourself the right way is very important so i think that book really gives you little tricks Uh, on how to make people like you in which can help you well not necessarily to help you but just to be nice to people but Mm -hmm. also which could lead to it possibly helping you personally or professionally actually since since you're so have such a big exposure to books and this apologies if it sounds like a stupid question but what advice would you have to some of our are folks that are not readers in terms of the the not just to start but actually how to read a book don't bring your phone into the bathroom. Leave a book in the bathroom. You'll be forced to read. Even if it's like five minutes or I don't know if you're a quick pooper, two minutes. <laughs> if you're a long pooper and you make it your office, you're there for 10, 15 minutes. But either way, if you just stay consistent with reading in the bathroom yeah. when you're doing your business, if you just do that, you will read a book a month. At the end of the year, you have 12 new books under your belt Mm. and you will be way ahead of everyone else in your career, in your profession, in your life or or whatever it might be. Personally, I don't read a lot of fiction, but even if it's fiction, if you love reading Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, whatever it might be, that still helps with the imagination, with the creativity, things like that. So if it's that, go for it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if, if you really need to force yourself to read, I highly recommend it. it will change your life in a positive way. Yeah. Just do it in the crapper if you need to. <laughs> Don't bring your phone or your tab in there. and You'll, you'll be so bored you'll be forced to read. <laughs> Excellent. So. What about rereading, the habit of rereading? Is that something that you have gone? Have you gone into some old, your oldies? Yes, and, and I, I have, but not a lot. Okay. I have for a, a few, uh, probably less than 10 of my books. Okay. More on, it's very, very... Good, useful, especially for the books I really like. For our work week, I reread Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So the books I recommended, I think I reread. I I, I wouldn't say it's necessary. Mm-hmm. I think I think for most people, just get started. Read read the first chapter. Yeah. Read the first sentence in the bathroom, and then you're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once you get past that, I think you'll keep going. Excellent. No, I, I love that tip mm-hmm. because the so well, what they say, ninety percent of people or, or even greater don't read. Yeah, probably. Like <laughs> I would so, believe um, that. <laughs> yeah, if, if anything, if our listeners get just nothing else from this interview. It's just the importance in terms of just from, 
If you go to the best of you.phc's show notes, the wealth of uh, knowledge that uh, Vince has behind him. Because we're doing this in front of his library. So uh, or also another is audiobooks. Um, yes. I, Amazon has an audiobook reader. Audiophile? No, no, not audiophile. Wait, it's, on, it's on my, uh, here, it, Audible. Audible, yes. I have Audible and Beyond Pod. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you're too lazy to read, instead of listening to music on, on the radio all the time, once in a while it's fine, especially when I have my show again on radio. Uh, but <laughs> but other than that, um, I, I listen to audiobooks in the car. Yeah. So there's some books that I'm just too lazy to, either I'm too lazy to read, because honestly, there's some things that, there's some books that are pretty boring, but I feel like it's like an interesting topic, but it's, it's if you read it, it's really boring. Mm. Or just sometimes I don't have time. So audiobooks help me a lot, yeah. especially in the Philippines when you're stuck in traffic for three hours. Yes. It's really cool. So we'll um, best of you.ph and the show notes for this episode. We'll have all the links yeah. to those books and those references that you gave, Vince, so our listeners can follow up. Mm-hmm. So that's appreciated. Maybe this is a, another challenging question, but when you think of the word successful, who comes to mind? Well, see, here's the thing with success. It's not, for me, it's not a who, because success is defined differently. Mm. It depends on how you define success. For me, successful person is someone who's happy. So it's it's not to settle or anything, but if you're happy, you're successful. I mean, I, I don't want to judge people's success by, oh, it's the person driving that, you know, that Mercedes or it's that person with a 10-bedroom mansion. So, you know, it's it's more if you're happy, then, you know, who's to say you're not successful? Yeah. So it's really just, you know, the, the mom who has a new kid, she's successful. The guy who got the new promotion at his, work, at his job, he's successful. The, that kid who just graduated second grade, he's successful. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much as who as to, I feel like, what success is yes. and preparing for it. Uh, and for me, for me, the definition of success is preparation meeting opportunity. Uh, what that means is, you don't, let's just say you want to be, I don't know, you want to be an actor. Uh, what happens is you don't know when you'll get that chance to be an actor, but you keep preparing for it. So you take acting classes, you read books about acting, you become, uh, you do your internships at the theater, you play those small roles, you keep preparing. And then one day, so you, pre- again, success is preparation meeting opportunity. Yeah. So you keep preparing, not knowing when you'll get your chance. And then one day you'll randomly get stuck in an elevator with some big shot director and you're like oh my god you're you're steven spielberg it's like and you start talking and you start talking about the play you're in and he's like hey you know what i have an upcoming um movie you know whatever it is uh whatever giant movie jurassic world part two whatever it is and i have a tiny role that you might fit in uh why don't you come by the studio next week and we'll we'll throw you in there it's a tiny role pace horrible but you know we need and you're like oh my god yeah i'd love to because you were prepared yeah. But if you never took those acting classes, if you never read those books, if you never prepared and you're in an yeah. elevator with Steven Spielberg and you're like, oh, my God, you're Steven Spielberg. I want to be an actor. And he says, yeah, yeah. what what, what have you done so far? Uh, nothing. Then, boom, you lost your opportunity. Exactly. So that's what success is. It's a preparation meeting opportunity. So whatever it is you want to do, just keep if you if you tell the universe what you want and you work for it, the universe will give it to you. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I love that quote from the, the alchemist. Well, that was. You know, in the terms of the law of attraction. Yeah, exactly, yes. in the rice. Yes. With the right mindset and attitude. Yeah, yeah. For me, I got that from The Secret. The secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So this last question on the, I guess, the leadership aspect. What's the best advice you ever got, Vince? For leadership? Uh, anything. Oh. Uh, you can be the leadership or personal or business. Best advice. Oh, we, I can narrow, we can just focus on maybe business. On your, for winning Manila? Uh, for, yeah. For, for your journey in winning Manila, what was the best advice you got from creating it to launching it to growing it? For when in Manila, it wasn't so much as advice as because I feel like we were the first to do it. 
So we were one of the first online magazines. So we were sort of just adapting. So in terms of advice, how about, well, actually one thing that I thought was advice for leaders, I guess. Sure. Um, if you are a leader, the best advice I got was what is leadership? Is a, a leader, the biggest role, the purpose of a leader is to create more leaders. So I think as a leader, if you train people to become leaders as well in the future, that that is the main role of a leader. It's not just managing. It's not just directing. It's not just pushing or motivating. If you create future leaders, then you have fulfilled your role as a leader. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the best advice I've gotten in my life. Yeah, I think that is the best because it showed me how to be a leader. And leading that way where I'm training other leaders, I feel like it motivates them more. Yeah. Rather than being a manager of people where that just it just feels like you're looking over their shoulder. But if you're sort of like training them to be a leader to take over one day, then they feel more empowered. Mm. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, so that advice has been critical for your growth, the leadership style I think so. and yeah. mindset that you install in. Okay. Yep, yep. Excellent. I really appreciate that. So Vince, the next section is about adversity. Okay. And overcoming adversity. Okay. I tell people this is my favorite part of the show and they think I'm kind of weird. <laughs> oh, okay. But I certainly do learn a lot when uh, leaders kind of share where things haven't gone mm -hmm. to plan and, and the lessons they've learned from it. So if you were to look at a, maybe a, I don't like to use the word failure because the misconception that goes with that, but a setback in your life that you've learned the most from uh, that you'd like to share, what would, what would that be? See, for me, the problem is, yeah, failures or setbacks. I don't see them as setbacks. As long as you learn from it, I feel like you gain something. And in fact, the only time it's really a failure is if you give up or if you don't learn something from it. So I love, I won't say I love them, but I appreciate setbacks and, and uh, failures because you learn from it. Uh, one big setback, uh, I guess one, uh, when I was, I guess when I was new in the industry of, uh, DJing, hosting, I remember one, I, I, it was one of my first big events to host and I was so nervous. I was so nervous that I was, I was pretty much, and it was one of my first ones, but the thing was, for some reason, the organizers knew me and they believed in me, so they got, they took me. At the same time, I think my talent fee was really low because I was new, so I, that's probably why they got me, but it was a really big event. And the, the funny thing was, I know I was pretty bad, but I think there were some rude people who were also like tweeting about how bad I was and I could see it. So I think, um, I think just learning from that and not letting it get to you personally, I think using it as sort of a chip on your shoulder to do better, not, not, not hold a grudge or anything, uh, but more of a, as a chip on your shoulder to get better. I think that really pushed me to try and be a better events host because I was doing that before. I don't do it much now. I'm kind of yeah. over it. I'm, I'm much better now, <laughs> but this is one of my first big events. And yeah, I still remember that. Uh, there were quite a few people who said that, you know, I, I was no good, which I wasn't. And I know I wasn't, <laughs> but yeah. So I think just using that as a mo as motivation to do better and to learn from it. I think that really helped me out. Yeah. So let's talk about when folks receive that adversity, but they, then they decide to quit mm -hmm. or to give up on their dream whether that be from a critic or even more painful from a loved one, mm -hmm. from adversity. What advice would you give to someone who's going to a difficult challenge right now, especially from their loved ones, and how to, to keep moving forward? Uh, you have to use that in a positive way. In a positive way, meaning, yes, it hurts, but let the hurt... It's easier said than done, but let, let that pain drive you to do better. Yeah. Uh, use it in a positive way to where like, okay, these people said I suck. One day I'm not going to suck. Yeah. Or, you know, something to that degree where you use that to not just to show them off, but just for yourself to yeah. where like, hey, you know what? They said these things. I'll learn from it. Mm -hmm. So find a way to use it. Yeah. 
find a way to use the pain. <laughs> so what about if you look back at your life, because I know a lot of our listeners right now are, are finding, a hard, I believe everyone is finding a hard battle and some are at the brink of giving up, mm -hmm. either giving up on their dream or giving up on the country and actually leaving the country. Um, can you take us to a time where you were close to quitting, okay. but you didn't? And what stopped you from maybe on the brink of quitting? Oh. For some reason, you got this whatever inner strength or inspiration. <laughs> Is there moments you're smiling? <laughs> oh no, Is it's there... more. It's more. Like I was gonna say I, I don't know about the country. I, I, can't, I don't think I, sp I can speak for <laughs> the quitting your country because uh, I, I feel if you can find opportunities anywhere, <laughs> you have to go for it. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, more personal, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, for personal, um, a couple of times I was close to quitting. I think it was just remembering that if you quit, it's forever. But if you sort of live through the pain of the moment, you sort of get over that. Sort of like, you know, uh, whatever's painful now, if you don't quit, but you keep pushing, then that becomes forever. That you overcame that moment that sticks with you, that stays with you. That you just have to find that inner strength for that those two seconds, for that day, for that week, whatever it might be. And then after that, it's not smooth sailing, but sort of like you survive that. You gain that strength and you pretty much just put that under your belt. Mm. Whereas compared if you quit, then you sort of just stop forever. You can even take a break, but just don't completely stop. So let's mm. say whatever pressures are happening, maybe you can take a break from that, take a break from that situation yep. and then come back to it. But don't completely quit mm. because believe it or not, there are a lot of people who probably have gone through the same stuff you've gone through. Mm. But the people who don't quit, they, they, they end up stronger. And because if you quit at whatever it is now, you might just quit as well, whatever else you do, that's a little bit different. Yeah. And it's just not, it might not lead you anywhere that you want to be. Mm. So p the pain is only temporary. Mm -hmm. yeah, just a moment. I like that. Okay. So we'll move on to the next section. Okay. And this is, I want to, I want to discover what makes Vince angry. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. So you can, you can skip this question if, <laughs> no. or you can make it a theoretical answer. <laughs> yeah, sure. With the total freedom. But if you were to use that strength and you're, <laughs> he's, a, he's in good shape, guys. He's in good shape. If you were to punch someone in the face, uh -huh. something or someone that makes you angry, what would that be and why? Uh, someone trying to hit on my girlfriend. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, um, I really hate and I'll use the strong word hate. I hate it when I see strong people take advantage of weak people. Not not just people, sorry. But to quote a very, very deep uh, philosopher, Stan Lee, in his movie Spider-Man, uh, <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, but with that, it, it just means, and one thing, I'm a big animal rights person. So I, I, I love animals. We have, um, actually we have, my sister lives with me. She has six rescued cats. There's, wow. Because, you know, we see kittens on the street and we try to rescue them. We try to give them away, but then sometimes no one takes them. So they're all here. So, um, but it's, it's, I feel like as just in that situ in that example where animals have no power at all versus humans, mm -hmm. especially cats or street dogs or, you know, no power at all. And, with your power, you can choose to, you know, even just ignore them if they're on the streets and just not, you know, not mm. do anything. You can choose to, you know, get a piece of bread and give them some food. Mm. Or you can choose to be extra nice to them, adopt them or something like that. But what I really hate is when people, you know, they'll see a street cat and they'll kick it, mm. you know. So it's this, pe this person with absolute power over this cat or dog. 
mm. who has absolutely nothing on them, can't talk, can't tell on them, can't fight back, and you choose to take advantage of that situation. So that's one example. Another is uh, um, an adult over a child, mm. a strong man over a, a woman. Uh, any situation or in in business, a uh, person of uh, position versus someone with no position. Mm. So it angers me, I guess. I, I would want to, I would punch someone who is taking advantage of their power, of their situation, where they're overlooking someone and they take complete advantage of them, where they figuratively or literally kick them to the ground. Mm. Uh, that one, I, I, I really don't like that. Yeah, so. I, I, no, I really appreciate that. I grew up on a farm in Ireland. Wow, wow. And my, I remember my grandmother always used to say, beware of the man who mistreats the animal. The waiter, or, or, or the waiter, yeah. Yeah, if you see a human disrespect, like beating an animal, mm-hmm. it really is an insight into their mindset in terms of how they would treat other people. That's very true. There's a very similar one where it says, beware a man who is nice to you, but is mean to a waiter. Yes. Because it shows you for someone who can't, like a waiter, other than delivering your food for that day, mm-hmm. you really have nothing to gain from that waiter. So if mm-hmm. someone's mean to them, then it shows you like, okay, this guy's only nice when they have something to gain from you. Yeah. Manipulatively. Exactly. So, so yeah, yeah. both animals or people of, of no position or power. Good. So, yeah. uh, it's good to, I, I love, and once again, this sounds strange, but I think from anger can come very positive energy. Yeah, yeah. And what, when things that make us angry, we have a choice to either accept them or do something about them. Yeah. So I appreciate, well, you and your sister for actually yeah. <laughs> doing something about it. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Thank oh, you. Awesome, yeah. So you look back at this year. Or your journey, whether it be winning Manila or, or your journey, this journey you've been on. Oh, uh, I feel like I'm a very late bloomer. I feel like I really had no clue what I was doing. I feel like I just ended up in the right situations and met the right, surrounded myself with the right people. So I, I really looking back, I cringe sometimes when I look back at how naive, young, stupid, <laughs> idiotic I was. I really have no, had no clue what I was doing or what's going on or anything like that. Honestly, everything surprises me about myself nowadays. It's like, I really, I still, I'm still humbled and at awe about, uh, with the people I meet, with the things I get to do. So yeah, I just, I just really everything. I am a very late bloomer. Uh, I really was so geeky and so lost growing up. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I still remember because in the, the only thing I wanted to do was play basketball. I really suck at it. The thing is, and I'm really short. So slowly knowing that I'm never going to make it to any professional league, it's like I really didn't know what I was doing. And the only reason I liked it because that was the only thing I did. Growing up, I had I didn't really have mentors. My mom and dad both, they had me when they were 18. They both dropped out of high school, never went to college. Uh, so they really didn't know what they were doing neither. And then um, we were very secluded, meaning... My dad was sort of not close with the other families, so I really didn't have like a lot of uncles or cousins or things like that. And I was the eldest, so I didn't have a lot of people to look up to mm. at all. So I was really, really lost, <laughs> especially my parents weren't doing anything. So even the no, uh, it's hard to explain, but yeah, my, both my parents didn't have a job back then. We were living off my grandpa's dwindling riches. So my parents were home all day. So I really didn't know the concept of work. Mm. I didn't really understand. So I really had the, what do you want to be when you grow up? I I don't know what mom and dad do. Nothing. (laughs) Sort of. It was really weird. So yeah, it was just fortunate that after moving out when I was 16, I just somehow, some way ended up with the right circles and just led me to where I am.
Make your passion as your profession and you will never have to work a day in your life. I believe this is what Vince is trying to tell us. What about you? What are your takeaways on this interview? And what is that one thing which will help you become a better version of yourself? Comment on your answers below. And to know more about Vince, check out our show notes and don't forget to rate and review so we can make this better for you. Like us on Facebook at bestofyou.ph and of Follow us on Twitter at bestofyou underscore ph and on Instagram at bestofyou.ph. You have the power to inspire Filipinos around the world. Share the most inspiring story you heard from Best of You. Are you also looking for ways to help each Filipino become a better version of themselves? Well, we are always here to work with you. Contact us through mikrogan at bestofyou.ph. Let's join hands to achieve our common goal. That's all for today. Check out part 2 of this interview. This is Jessie and this is Best of You, inspiring Filipinos to go further faster.